2: Yeah, what's up? This is Darkseid for the Moto X-Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp Mix Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, From Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp Show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their Zip-On Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products, as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at Sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit PulpMexShow.com for sponsor links and discount codes, as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the PulpMex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the PulpMex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to DarkSide at PulpMex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests
3: what is up welcome back to the pulp MX wrap-up show my name is nick still and this week once again i'm filling in for the great vital jamie the celebrity life has taken him over and he's forgotten about us all here at the wrap-up but that's okay because i have a couple of great guests here to help me up help me wrap up show 515 of the pulp MX show firstly brought to you by motorsport.com from the moto limited show it is trent Mar. what's up dude
4: I think this is maybe the first time that ever a guest on the wrap up is in the same studio yeah, as the host. Actually, it is true. That's right. And we're taking over. We are. We, we really are. We're here to take yeah, over. Yeah. Sorry, Vital, Jamie, yeah. but
3: you are Clippy, Clippy. What's your thoughts on Vital, Jamie? Is it, is it just is it just the stardom has just got him SoCal. Oh shit
4: remember socal jamie yeah we will forget
3: yeah unreal. it was
4: socal dark side but i think maybe socal jamie now too
3: yeah absolutely secondly brought to you by seal Stavers, making his wrap-up debut it is steve hall steve how are you buddy
5: oh, i'm great thanks man thanks for having me just uh just crawled out of my ceiling just in time to uh join us
3: Ab- absolutely we love to hear it Alrighty, guys, you ready to wrap this one up? Let's wrap it up. Alrighty, show number 515 of the Pulp Mech Show Chris Kiefer, Jason Thomas, and Max Steffens in studio. Cameron McAdoo, Dylan Wright, Travis Preston, Matt Walker, Donnie Luce on the phone as guests. I'm just going to jump in and stamp this one to be called Claimgate, guys. (laughs) That's what it is. Um, You know, we got everything from coolers getting claimed, fly deals getting denied, and Steve did, in fact, learn that Jmar is back for the final two rounds of pro motocross. Trent, I'm going
4: to go to you first on this one. What's your thoughts on 515, dude? Uh, To be honest, I feel like it started a little slow. Um, You know, the Claimgate stuff, it kind of... It kind of felt like it was dragging a little bit. And uh, honestly, I was was a little disappointed we didn't hear much from Max Steffens at the start either because at the back end of the show, Nick... I felt like Max Steffen's come to play. He was he was uh, having the jokes. He was inside jabs at, at Steve all night, and that was cool to, to hear that. So it kind of feel like we we missed that at the front end of the show. So it was cool it, it turned around, but, uh, yeah, definitely heavy on the uh, the claim gate.
3: What about you, Steve? What did you think of, of 515 and the guests we had in studio?
5: Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I thought poor old Max. Um, he didn't seem to mind, but he, he did get a little bit uh, – Overpowered. That, that does happen sometimes when the uh, when the old guard's in there with someone that's not in there quite as much. But um, I didn't mind the the claim stuff. Um, I'm certainly sick of it now. But um, <laughs> I think it was uh, the way it was done on the show was uh, was good, having um, lots of you know several different opinions and and giving people time to explain. And that took up a bit of time in the show but I think it it sort of needed to, it did need to happen though.
3: Absolutely. A question I've got for both of you right now is, are you guys, I'll go with you Trent, are you disappointed that we didn't really get some of these, you know, stories from Kiefer about Loretta's? And I feel like it was a bit low on his side of it from, from Loretta's thoughts.
4: Yeah. Especially the back end of the show when it, uh, yeah, he did start having some of those stories and they were trying to wrap it up and then another story come up. Um, And to be honest, I, I feel like there was meant to be more in that segment with Travis Preston yeah. and I felt like we didn't get it there either. So a little bit, especially the way Kiefer tells stories.
3: Yeah, most definitely. It felt like the show as well was a little bit behind, you know, when Darkside called in, Steve is pretty vocal, we're, yeah. we're miles behind. Like Steve just said just prior about, uh, you know, the claim gate and all that sort of stuff. We got into the intro talk, the general chat at the start and, you know, it was heavy from the get-go.
1: Brennan Schofield, Canadian kid, uh, made a claim on Brian Deegan's bike at Loretta Lins. Kiefer, you were down there yep. for this. Uh, made a claim on Brian Deegan's bike, a totally rule rule uh, uh, acceptable rule in the rule book. It's double the manufacturer's suggested retail price. So that's 17500 bucks or something. Kid made a claim. Uh, they processed it. They took Hayden Deegan's bike. And by the way, it's a Star Racing Yamaha. Maybe not the full thing, but pretty damn good bike. Uh, everything was processing as normal. And then shit hit the fan. Brian Deegan got involved uh, with his son's bike. He spoke to the kid, Donnie Luce, who's going to come on here, spoke to the kid, Matt Walker, who's going to come on here, spoke to Brennan. I spoke to Brennan as well. And uh, uh, and then at the dealership that helps Brennan um, up there in New Brunswick, Canada, uh, pressured, uh, uh, basically pressured Brennan to pull the claim down. Brennan, though, um, said the Yamaha Canada, Yamaha USA, someone from Yamaha threatened the Yamaha Canada dealer with his, his, his franchise or support or something. Uh, and that is why the dealership made Brennan turn the claim down um, and, and shit hit the fan from there. I mean, pe- people want to be, there's people online that are like, you, this guy needs to be fired. Tim Carter from MX Sports needs to be fired. Yeah. Uh, Yamaha needs to be lit on, on fire. Uh, I'll never buy another Yamaha again. All of this stuff is going on. It's just the 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 society we live in today where everyone just is so quick to judge, right? And and so quick to talk about it. Now look, am I do I get a bike from Yamaha to ride every year? Do I get a little bit of cash from Yamaha? Yes, I do. I, I'm a I'm a I'm an ambassador for those guys. Shill. I, you know, am shill. shill yeah, I'm a corporate shill for those perfect guys. Word. But <laughs> from day one of this thing, I'm like, wait, wait. So well, first of all, let me say this. <laughs> the kid should have the bike. The kid should have the bike. It's a rule of Lynn's to do this. He should or, have a bike. for a reason. Like, there's yeah. a reason this rule was yeah. made. And, and it shows right now. Yep. And you're with me on this, JT. You're, you're with yeah. me on this. Like, like
6: the, the, I mean, the rule is... The spirit of the rule is to discourage teams from overbuilding motorcycles. Trent, I'm going to go to you
3: first on this. Do you agree... Uh, with Steve there, just straight up, should he get the bike?
4: I mean, yeah, the, the rules there and written in black and white, and that's what it's supposed to be. And and as Steve says, like if it's you know, if they don't say anything, the the kid gets the bike and it, it happens. But then, yeah, shit hits the fan; it goes sideways. Um, good on Steve too, to to go and do the research before talking about it. That's what one thing that Steve Mathis does well, is he goes and gets all the facts before he talks about it, and if he can't get the facts, he doesn't go too deep on his opinion until he has all the facts. So, that's the amount of years in the game that you get with Steve Mathis, and then he brings it to the show too, when he does, okay, well, I haven't spoken to to Matt Walker or or Donnie Luce. We're going to get him on the show, and we're going to talk to him live on the show, and and try and figure out what happened so yeah
3: i'd agree with that as well and steve same question to you it just sounds like steve is so good at sort of sitting on the fence and not leaning towards a person's story but like trent just said there he gets the facts and he puts them out whereas a lot of these youtube guys just get the other person's opinion on i that's one thing i like about this and when you think about it nothing else like pulp sort of does that you would agree
5: yeah, I do agree. Yeah, like um, you know, um, I just I, I've even had a uh, a comment from a a friend who's not a pulp fan who actually said that the pulp um, the uh, the way that pulp covered the story was the best he'd seen. So yeah, and that's from a guy that that's that's not a Steve fan. So that's you know that's pretty high praise to say you know that that it was uh, better than the other coverage on the, on the old uh, claim gate. <laughs>
3: Same, same question again to you both. Do you feel, I'll go Trent, you go first. Do you feel like, uh, okay, it's, 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 it was overdone? Do you feel like they spent too much time on this? I, I thought, it's, it's, you know, how funny this, Steve's one of those guys that not really into the amateur scene or, you know, tends to steer away from this. He put a lot of time and effort into this, which we found out throughout the show.
4: Yeah, as he said, he got a lot of people in the DMs and and saying you need to cover this and and all that sort of stuff. I think yeah, like it it was probably a little long in that show. As I said, there was a lot more stuff that happened in the sport or, uh, last week, and we didn't really get to touch on. It. I mean, they barely talked about Unadilla as it was. Uh, so yeah, I think it's I, I've heard my my piece. I mean the. You know, in my opinion, the kid got his 15 seconds of fame and, and uh, they did a good job of covering it all. But yeah, at this point, I'm just like, if we don't have to hear about <laughs> Claimgate again, probably a good thing. Well, it's funny you
3: mention it. i got another piece of audio here, the last piece of audio that we're going to talk about Claimgate. But something else come up in that conversation, which I found really interesting. Brennan says he went
1: up to make the claim, said, I want to claim the bike. They said, OK, where's the money? Here's the money. And it was Donnie left. There was no problem with the initial claim. AMA was professional. Everyone handled it fine. It was then summoned back up with Tim and Brian Deegan. I don't think that should have happened because the rule's a rule, but yeah, whatever. It's done, it's done. But having said that, Tim didn't pressure the kid. AMA guy was in the room, which Brennan didn't tell me, but AMA guy testifies he was in the room. Mm-hmm. And Deegan himself to- told me that he spoke to the kid. Now, pass back up. Brennan admits to me that <laughs> Deegan and the kid got into it at Southwick. They cl- they cleaned each other out. Brennan admits this. Brian says there's more to it. There's a history. Oh, of, oh this is this is your shit. This is your amateur my, shit. My yeah, shit? your amateur motor car shit that you and your kid are balls deep in. So, go ahead. I'll, okay. Go ahead. So there's a there's <laughs> been comments. There's been things done down the way between Hayden and this Brennan Schofield, right? Okay. Whatever. I don't care kind of doesn't matter though doesn't matter nope brian does not think this kid raised the money to make this claim also doesn't matter and i told brian on the phone you heard me talking to him um max this afternoon when i was was on the phone i don't care yeah like like when i pay my rent yeah the the my land
6: war is not like you didn't raise this money. i'm like well no i was paid by western power sports they gave me the money and i paid
1: you but like i mean even if you robbed the bank you Shouldn't be doing that, but it doesn't matter. No, I know, I know. (laughs) But I'm saying, like, no one should... Brian was saying the motor guy, this kid's motor guy put the money up. And And? that may be true. Yeah, and? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me.
3: Steve, I'll go to you on this one. You know, it came out then where they admitted that, you know, the kid and deegan they've had issues before i feel like they glossed over that and no one actually went back and said okay there might be a little bit more to this whole thing did you find that weird
5: yeah it took a while for that to come out and um you know like i think it, it yeah it, it was a little weird that it, um that didn't sort of come out straight away you know um i certainly didn't i didn't hear it before the uh the old show 515 but um one thing um you know it my opinion on the whole story, like I, I was very pro the kid got shafted, you know, and um, after listening to the interviews on the show, I, um, you know, I, it has changed my opinion a little bit, especially the bit you're touching on there with, um, with uh, Brendan uh, Schofield and, and Danger Boy had a bit of history. So yeah, it definitely changed my opinion a little bit. I still, I still don't. Uh, wouldn't say um, I'm really strong either way, and I don't think anybody knows the truth though.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Trent, I haven't got much more audio on this because it's, it's like we're beating a horse to dead. Just quickly, I want your opinion on both Matt Walker and then uh, Donnie as well. What did you think of them as guests? And that didn't actually feel like an interview to me. It just felt like they were just saying their piece. What was your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I mean, Donnie Luce was, uh, the poor guy's been like railroaded as he said. he just got out of Loretta's after doing their quad nationals there as well. Uh, and then he's kind of been bombarded with all this sort of staff and information coming out. Uh, Matt Walker definitely sounded like he was just there trying to plead his side and, and get his, his side out, which I mean, again, is fair if he hasn't got a, you know, uh, the some truth in what he says, then obviously, you know, he's he's going to defend himself with, with honour. But yeah, it just felt like there were less of interviews and more just like, here's the floor, give us your say, and, and now we can collate all the evidence and, and try and come up with some sort of opinion, which at the back end of the show, they all were like, we're more confused than we were when we were coming into this. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I,
3: I would agree 100% with that. Like I said, I'm not going to beat this one dead. Um, everyone is sick of hearing it. And it was a major part of the show which I think we just needed to get Steve's opinion out there because I believe that was pretty high up. Um, Trent, finally, we, uh, we got some Unadilla talk. Yes. Which uh, I found was very important. It took way too long. But there were
1: some good points there which we'll go through and then uh, we'll break it down. Let's talk Unadilla for a second. We haven't even got to it at all. But uh, this weekend, man, uh, uh, Chase Sexton, that is a statement, right? I mean, you just don't do that to Eli Tomac, And he did it and he took the points lead. Yeah. Giselle Kiefer, you've talked about it a lot. That yeah. was something else, man. Now look, is uh, was the track? JT was down there with Electomac and mentioned that he was staring through his
6: yeah. soul. He looked, he looked <laughs> through my soul. Didn't like what he saw,
1: and then we moved on. Yeah, it, he, Regar- was not, he didn't reg- like that track, regardless of that. not liking the track. Sexton,
7: I picked Sexton for the win. Uh, Washougal and Unadilla, just because it fits his riding style, how smooth he is, how mm. how ginger. You have to roll on the throttle to get rear wheel traction to propel you forward. Especially
1: it. the way it was groomed this weekend, too,
7: even worse. Right. Yeah. And even when it does get ruddy, there's a base, and you got to be smooth on the throttle. Uh, but man, having him pass Tomac in Twice. both motos, like that, is downright impressive. And then not only pass him. I'm not going to say yard him, but he pulled him. He mm, that pulled first motor was a yard. But he, he <laughs> pulled him, and he just – he has something going on, which you know I talked to the Honda guys and then talked to Trey, and his setup is good. It's not the best thing he's ever ridden, I feel like. It's it's good, and he's just sticking with what he has. But the bike looked really good. I think it was one of the better-looking bikes, and not just Chase, just the bike itself it looked really planted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I will say this, and I'll ask you guys this. If Chase wins Buds, I think that's game.
1: Oh, I, I, I think I agree because, with you.
7: Because to, well, okay, Tomek no, no, will if, be good if, at if, Iron Man. If they right? go 2-1-1-2, two,
1: one, one, two, that's not game.
7: Okay, I'm sorry, yeah, one, yeah. 1-1. One. Yeah. If he goes 1-1, one, yeah. one, I think he has enough points to salvage himself through Iron Man because I think Eli will win Iron Man. Steve, I'll go to you first on this one. What's your thoughts on on you Kiefer's opinion
3: there? You know, if he does go out and go one-one at Bud's Creek, is that game? Do you agree with with Chris Kiefer there?
5: Uh, I don't agree. I yeah, uh, I can I I can definitely see his point, point. and um, I guess if um if nothing strange or unusual, really unlucky, happens. Then I probably do agree with him, if you get what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. in the in this sport, you, you know, you, you just never know what can happen. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, first turn pile up, flat flat tires, anything. You know. So, uh, although they probably they're, they're, they'll probably be running mooses in the last couple of rounds. <laughs>
3: Anything's and, possible. Uh,
5: yeah. Yeah. I'll, um. So yeah.
3: I'll go to you on this one, Trent. I love the way that Kiefer breaks things down because he does it in this weird and wonderful way where he gives you some of his personal opinion, but then I think it's factually based as well. What's I just love Kiefer as a guest.
4: Yeah, I mean, Kiefer... As a guest and with JT as well, very knowledgeable guys inside the sport. Uh but yeah, I do like the way that, you know, with the whole Giselle thing when he talks about, you know, uh the, the way that Sexton rides and the, the unique spin he puts on it. But as he says, it has a lot of fact in it as well. So he explains it in a in a way where we can laugh and joke about it. But when you sit back and go, Oh, that's what he actually said, it's like very factual and, and, and a very good conversation piece. I feel like Keefer's got this
3: special way of doing it where he can make something that's so technical, almost I'm gonna say this loosely, he can dumb it down for somebody that doesn't really know can understand it. Yeah. It's it's simply amazing. And then what's all you know? you've never had to, you've never been on the wrap up show yet. Steve, this is your first time. A bit of a backstory for you. You help dark Side a lot. You help me a lot. You do a lot of Instagram stuff with motorcycle. You got your own page and a lot of that right stories and stuff in the media here. Now, who's your favorite guest full time on pulp? Who's been your favorite in studio guest?
5: Honestly, and this one, I think you won't like that. My favorites DV <laughs> just for the entertainment. Um, the guy just cracks me up, and I don't know a lot of people. Um, I think uh, opinions are probably really divided on DV. I think he's, I think he's a bit of a, love him or hate him, but um, yeah, I, I love him. Yeah, I, uh, I reckon he's uh, he's great. That said, um, Kiefer would definitely be on the uh, on the podium though. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's always one of my favourites. Um, probably my favourite thing of all though is. Um, when uh there's j t and Weege and Steve,
3: yeah, um, I would agree you know yeah. you get the three of them the, together. Di-
5: the group dynamics and the chemistry with those three um is just fantastic like you know when they even the little videos that when they when they were in their share house and all that like it's just fantastic so that's probably actually my favorite of all when when they're both in there yeah
3: absolutely now do you watch pulp do you watch it on youtube do you download it as an audio feed what's your what's your you know the way you watch pulp
5: so uh, i kind of well i i um i don't often get to watch i usually listen um so i sort of listen to it twice um so you know, obviously i will be working, and it's very hard to uh, take notes for the old dark side that while I'm, you know, um, while I'm being a chippy or, or whatever I'm doing that day. Um, so uh, I'll have it on, and I'll I'll remember things, and I might jot little notes. Um, but then when I get home, I try and get home a little bit earlier on a Tuesday, and and whack it on with me notepad there, and and uh, start taking any notes and sort of listen, listen, um, start to finish then. Absolutely.
3: Trent, first, one of the first guests comes on the show, which makes it feel back to a normal type. Cameron McAdoo calls in. Dude, Cameron's a great, I think he's a great guest, and I kind of forget how close Cameron and Steve are and things they've done in the past, which, you know, gets reflected in these interviews. I've got a piece of audio here, but just quickly,
4: what's your thoughts on, on Cameron McAdoo as a guest? I honestly liked him. He's always been very open and honest, which, again, comes with the relationship that Steve builds with these guys. And when he gets them on, they're open, they're honest, much like AC, those types of guys where they'll give you the the what's up. And I also liked at the end, too, when Kiefer asked him some home life questions. And he wasn't afraid to talk about it. So Cameron McAdoo, you know, he's a he's that type of guy that's, um, you know, Seems like he's a little standoffish when you, you see him, but he's actually one of those kids that you know has a good story. He's come from a very, very good place, and he works his butt off. And, and Steve gets the best out of him on the show.
0: I was I was basically sitting down, like with my hands on my brakes, ready to hit the brakes at any time because, like, I couldn't even see who was in front of me. That's yes. how dusty yep. it was. Um, second moto, I didn't, I wasn't really like around. Very many guys, so it wasn't as bad. But yeah, it was pretty square-edged and dry. It it was fairly flat. It wasn't as ruddy as, as you gets. But the one thing I do like about that is that I feel like it's more available to race. Like even I think probably for the last, you know last joe and i were in a pretty much an all battle the whole time and like i could feel him going all over the place behind me and you could change lines better yeah. you know when it's a slot car track it's pretty tough to really race it
1: unadilla has um, been a, a track that's been tough to ride all over the place absolutely yeah
0: yeah. yeah but it was it was gnarly it, it caught me off guard for sure like just kind of with set up a little bit and comfort um, I chased it a little bit all day. I think everyone did, though.
1: When you're battling Joe, and I don't know if you're doing the math that he, you know, you know, he won the first moto. You're battling pretty hard. You're, it's your first race back. And are you thinking like, ah, I know he's going for <laughs> a win. Like, or are you just like, screw this dude. I'm holding them off. Because it looked like you said, screw this dude. I'm holding them off.
0: <laughs> um, I don't get a bonus
1: when he wins.
3: Trent, I like that. I don't get a bonus when he wins. Do you reckon there's a little bit more spice on that than we think?
4: Uh, not really. I, I mean, maybe, but it, Steve also talks to him about being part of Nick's program now and, and that, so maybe there is a little bit of tension there, but even still, they've got to see each other each week. I think it's just a, a statement of, I'm not pulling over for anyone because I don't get paid to pull over. Yeah. So I think it was more of just that blanket statement moving forward into the future because obviously there's a lot of that talk goes around, championship times and things like that. So I think it was just like, a, hey, I'm not getting paid to move over. That's how it is. Yeah, absolutely. And just
3: do you get what I mean with how Steve and Cameron sort of talk? You feel like... A lot of these guys that he's close with, yep. it reflects in the interviews, and that's a part of what you know. That's what I watch Pulp for. That's what you know means everything to me in
4: Pulp. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's what makes Steve's show um, great, and all these other things he does on his platform as well. Nick is that he has the personality, uh, the, the personable relationship with these different athletes and industry people to get the truth rather than. A PR spin, yeah. So, yep. What about you, Steve? what's your What's your thoughts on Cameron Mcadoo
3: as a guest? How did you think he went on uh, Monday night?
5: Yeah, I reckon it was good. Um, I did. I liked what he said about sushi. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, just being being. I, I think I, I like it because it was just it was just honest. You know, like he he wasn't trying to. He could have said you know some. Um, you know, politically correct sort of answer or something, you know, that, um, but he just like, you know, straight up, no, I don't get paid for that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the, the, um, the relationships that Steve has with writers that he has, um, you know, helped out or, or, um, you know, worked with or just gotten to be friends with, yeah, that it, it is a pretty important part of the show. That, um, and you can definitely, um, tell when he's talking to those people it's almost like um it's it's an interview but it's also a little bit of um chatting to your mates as well at the same time i think
3: yeah i just think it's a a great conversation and a lot it's like i notice it more and more now with the amount of guys that he gets on trent is just how well it is i got a question for you Mm -hmm. if i was in the market for a seat Yes. Where, where would I go? I would, I would imagine Guts Racing. Oh, absolutely. Guts. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. For the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market, visit GutsRacing.com. You know all about the Michelin motorcycle tyres from the Pulp MX Show. Time to learn about Michelin bicycle tyres. If you want the same tyres as Cam Zink and Sam Hill run, visit Bike.Michelin.com for details and also guys seal savers is the original fork seal protection starting with the original seal savers to prevent dirt dust and mud from getting into your fork seals you can also try the zip-on seal savers that make installation a breeze visit sealsavers.com and enter code pulp25 to save 25 and don't forget guys go to motorsport.com for all your oem and aftermarket parts and use the motorsport widget on Pulp Mech Show. Dot com uh, to save and always support the sponsors that support Pulp Mex. go to com.
4: click on the sponsor tab for your links and uh, discount codes I bet you SoCal Darkside or SoCal Jamie or Vital Jamie he'll be there trying to shop at all those locations Nick to help him take down Steve Mathis <sighs> at the World Vet. well that is exactly right and we're
3: going to get to this in a little bit do you, what's the chances, Trent? Give me the chances that you think. Actually, this is a good question for you both. Give me the percentage chance that this A happens and B, uh, Dark Side comes and prevails with the win.
4: Trent, you go first. I think it's a 90% chance it happens. Ooh, no, you're going 90%? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I, okay. I think, you know, every time we hear that, you know, Steve's not going to do World Vets and then he does it anyway. So, And I think you might want to go and see if these corrals actually... Uh, Exist and talk about them <laughs> on the show. Uh, percentage that Darkside beats him, I don't know. Steve's uh, four and a half time Manitoba champion, so he's got a tall order. Tall order. for I Darkside. think.
5: Um. I, I I can see a little bit of foul play. Um, <laughs> come come race day. I just I can see I can see a bit of foul play happening on race day. I agree with the ninety percent. Um, that it will happen because I I think that. Um, I think the fans are gonna make it happen. The the pressure is gonna be overwhelming um for Steve to do it. So um but uh yeah, oh you know, I could I could definitely see um you know, a uh we, we know Steve has had some suspect starts. I could see maybe a um, accidental on purpose suspect start straight across the front wheel of Darkseid or something like that. Maybe going down. So
3: percentage chance this happens, Steve? Where are you at? Trent's at a ninety. He's said
5: yeah. I'm at a ninety. Oh, you're I in think. a ninety as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I... think because it, I don't think Steve um, will get away with not doing it. Probably the really the only reason that that I'm not a hundred percent is that um, we know that um, Pookie doesn't dig Steve racing. So, and uh, and we also know who the boss is. So
4: we...
5: I think there's a chance that. Pookie could veto it, but otherwise, I think uh, it, it'll happen.
4: It'll happen. I mean, what's going to happen, Nick? Is you know this? He's going to he's going to get with Tater. They're going to go to the field of dreams again. He's going to lay down some uh, some, uh, some motos out there, and he's going to come out and and uh, put a hurting on poor old uh, Vital Jamie. Oh, that's a big call by Tater. Tater's going to make this happen. Yeah.
3: Well, they, they You know. They it's the Sunny as well. It's been raining in Vegas. They might be out in the hills doing moto Steve could be out there doing motos in the hills. Sneaky motos. Sneaky motos. It's
5: motors. safe to say that um it's safe to say that Darkseid is the underdog, isn't it? You know?
4: Well he's moving upper class. Gotta give the guy credit for moving upper class, guys, as well.
5: Yeah, you, you've got yeah. You gotta put that in there. He's he's, he's a um, B. He's a lifetime C grader, much like myself. And uh, Steve is a uh, yeah, four-time Manitoba champion, yeah. almost five.
3: Four and a half, mate, four and a half. Now, there yeah. was a, uh, what's the word? There was a compliment given. I mean, This is a test. This is a Pulp MX test to you, Trent. There was a compliment given to Steve from someone in studio. What was it?
5: <laughs> Shoot. That's
3: a good About one. his riding style.
5: Steve, you got any any ideas? Oh, got if it was about riding style, it must have been Kiefer because he lives for that shit. So, well, yeah, I'd say it was Kiefer. I,
3: I can't remember if it was true.
5: I can't recall it.
3: Preston though. or Kiefer saying that when Steve races, he puts in one hundred percent heart. Uh, uh, yeah.
5: yeah, it was TP. it, yeah. was, it was Preston. Yeah, uh, it was Travis yeah, Preston. If yeah. you tell
4: me this phone guess, I could have heard TP. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> gave, he Yeah,
5: he gives it. He gives it one hundred percent heart or all his hard or something like that. That's but, what he's. Yeah, May have that, that been
4: a sneaky jab at Kiefer at the same time? Yeah. I
5: think it was a 100% jab at Kiefer.
3: Well, yeah. that was another big thing that happened throughout the show, Trent. All these little jabs at each other about Kiefer getting done by Mike Brown – that's uh, I feel like that's another one of these jokes at Pulp, which are just going to keep going on and on.
4: Yeah, those little runners that happen throughout the show that we come to know and love. You know, that's the part you listen to Pulp for each and every week is the inside jokes and the banter between the guests and the and the callers that come in. And yeah, that's the part you love. And it's another one to add to the list of many runners in this Pulpomax show. Absolutely, hey,
5: absolutely, st- hey, yeah.
3: Steve. Quick question for you, segment: What is your favorite? Favorite segment on the Pulp MX show.
5: Um, my my favorite is um, is well, it's not a segment if I'm allowed to say that. I love uh, nothing more than when they um, they get a bit silly and just go off in a tangent about something weird. That's uh, you know, I'm a pretty weird cat myself, so that really fits my sense of humour but you know like um you know i mean for instance like the, the greatest example is vietnam Vic. that just sort of yeah. popped up in conversation and just went somewhere you know um i just i just love that um general sort of stuff sometimes sometimes i wish there's a little bit more time for that and a little bit less structure yeah um because i i love that but um otherwise I always love a good rant um well, we're going
3: yep. to get to the rant yeah. here very, very soon, Trent. But what about you? What's your favorite uh, segment on the show?
4: I mean, it's only ever happened once, but I love myself some Kiefer After Dark with Jim Holly and Just give <sighs> me oh. 10 more of those <laughs> episodes, please. And thank you, Steve Mathis. Absolutely. Well, this week we got something special because I think we just found
3: ourselves a new segment, which was Comment of the Week. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of that before, but uh, we've got that. And we've got that here and we'll uh, we'll have a talk about it.
1: Uh, speaking of shitting on me, Scosch.com bringing you the uh, comment of the week. Pulp 2022 to, at Scosch, S-C-O-S-C-H-E, Scosch.com, unlock your discount. Uh, comment of the week. We're going to try to do this every week if we can. Uh, this is from Mo Diamond 277 yeah, Stevie's just like you. You talk shit about Glenn Helen's charging for every little detail Then you charge people to go to your moto pre-shows Like you are some former champion. Do you want to be paid for anything you do? Like you're some goddamn rock star. So I'm not saying don't charge for every little thing you do But don't complain about GH all you ever fucking do is complain <laughs> besides swallowing all the pro riders And you promote professionals retiring and then going to beat up at the ranch Then you promote professionals retiring and then going and beating up on amateurs at the ranch. Middle finger emoji, 100 emoji, clown emoji. Thank you. all the pro riders. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Cooper doesn't think so. No. But that is from Mo Diamond, 277, scotch.com, comment of the week. Um, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> you like that? I like that. it might be Keeper's burner account.
7: Yeah, I like that two seven seven. I'm gonna see him at G H and get my high he, five. He says you
1: charge people to go to your moto pre shows. Yeah, because I gotta rent the yeah, fucking building, bro. It costs a lot of money. What, what am I gonna supposed to do? Hey, I just paid two K for this theater. Come on by for free. <laughs> like... you, know, you know what he normally does? What? Ask us to pay for it. That's true, right? Yeah, we 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 wanna yeah. talk about the barbecue? Fly racing, Yamaha uh live shows. They were they were that's what those were. So we should talk about the barbecue. Can we talk about the It's barbecue? not
7: ready yet. It's not ready.
1: No, he said he can't do it.
7: Oh. It's not ready. Oh.
3: Trent. Yeah. This is a segment I'm going to like. Because Steve doesn't have a filter. He doesn't care.
4: I Honestly, I, that's a great one. I'd also like to like have Steve's DM of the week. Because, man, some of the stuff he talks about getting in his DMs, I'd love to hear that live on the show, too, because I reckon there'd be some wild accusations and, and uh, messages in there like, that probably need to be aired a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I think
3: it was one of my favorite used to be the voicemails. They'd call in with the voicemails, and that's where Darkseid used to get absolutely the biggest heat you could get well you better hope he doesn't bring it back because it could be oh dude it's me for sure definitely (laughs) um what was your thoughts on on that new segment steve and just i just i think we all need to appreciate how open steve is with the shit he gets
5: yeah i I, I loved it we want plenty more of that yeah the fact that he can pick out the one that you know is just some guy just hammering him and just you know just say it with a smile on his face and and that sort of thing, yeah, that's uh, that, that's cool, you know. I reckon, uh, yeah, plenty more of that, you know. And you know, it could be, you, you, this could go lots of places. It could be tweets, yeah, DMs, like you said, um, all that sort of thing. Yeah, at, at, at least at least um, once a week somebody's going to be giving him some sort of curry like that. That's for sure.
4: I'm sure he's not going to be short on uh, content no, when it won't comes to short. that.
3: Well, he
5: won't be short.
4: It's, it's funny.
3: So we've seen this week, another big thing, and Steve really didn't go over it, was the Justin Cooper call out there on Instagram, on Twitter. I kind of like the fact that Steve didn't even go into it, Trent. He sort of steered away from it,
4: which this is going to lead us into the rant. But what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, coming to the rant, I have more opinion on that because that's uh interesting. But yeah, he kind of went there without going there in a sense. Um, it was weird he held back a little bit. I, I think he has some unfinished business with it and I don't think he wanted to air it on on the live show. That is the
3: perfect response because I kind of feel the same way. I I feel like it was glossed over and for a weird and wonderful reason that we're going to find out in the future. What's your thoughts on, on that, Steve?
5: Yeah, I, um, I'm not 100% across the um, anything apart from Justin's initial comment, which was, you know, like, um, thanks for the support, Steve, or something like that. I did see that. But was there um, others involved in that conversation as well?
3: You know, throughout the show, they did they did hint that there might be something else involved. Um, yeah, yeah. But... So
5: I'm not across that, but I, but I, I have heard a whisper that, yeah, it wasn't only Justin um, uh, talking, to Steve, talking back at Steve about that sort of thing. But that said, like what Justin said was, prob- was pretty tame. So I think there must be a little bit more – bit more to it.
3: Yeah. Well, this leads us in to the race tech rant, which uh, we'll get to now. Race
1: tech rant of the night. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Race Tech Pulp 22 is a code to say. Put it right just by Racetech. your stocks right here. And, okay. uh, and really want to thank those guys for coming on board. Privateer Proven, Race Tech, of course. Look, my rant, if you saw social media on Instagram, I, I first I preferred Justin Barsha over Christian Craig to the point where in interviews with Christian Craig, I was pumping up Justin Barsha, and Craig was laughing. And then Barsha bowed out, and now... It's between Justin Cooper and Christian Craig, and I think Craig should get the spot. Although Cooper wrote pretty damn good at Unadilla, He did uh, Looked pretty damn good. And Washugle, and Marshugel as well. Uh, but I still think Craig should get it based on the body of work. Craig hit his head pretty good at Unadilla, wasn't himself. So I was uh, debating this on Twitter with pe- with people, my listeners, and I don't mind. I don't mind a healthy debate on social media. <laughs> we, we know, yeah. If, you're, know. if you're if you're if you're about politics, if you're nice, <laughs> like if you're if you're uh, uh, you know a normal person, if you call me names, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, happy to listen to other sides well you did else. say healthy so so uh you know somebody said well C- cooper won the f- won the second motor, he just crushed the second moto and i replied to the guy yeah but what happened in the first moto because to me when you make a mistake and you crash that's 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 your mistake you made the mistake and you crashed so yes he won the second moto but he crashed in the first moto can't have crashing in the motocross the nations that's a bad thing so the fact that he won the second moto he did great but my point to the guy to the guy on twitter was like ah, oh, well the first moto you just can't literally have the most recency bias of the last moto raced to me you have to take but, okay, much more okay hold on a second though nope so <laughs> nope. justin cooper <laughs> and so later on in this conversation i i'd say multiple times i'm fine with justin cooper going he's good he looks like he's better but i prefer christian craig it, it was me if i'm if i'm roger DeCoster, i'm picking craig but Justin Cooper will do a good job he's raced there before it's fine I, I said this 3 or 4 times on twitter just my preference my opinion justin cooper who was on the show 2 weeks ago blows me out for 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 saying this on, on instagram like uh, but he, has it really blown you out i think it kind of was i think he didn't blow you. i think i i think like, you, i think he did why we kay. keep coming back to this opinion thing you had an opinion of him he had an opinion of you right no but like his opinion like, he should understand this is just the media talking. Like, I, I didn't say Justin Cooper fucking sucks. Trent, is
3: Steve,
4: is Steve in the right for this to be a rant, or is he in the wrong? I honestly side with uh, Kiefer, JT, and Max. Really? I think he may have just read a little <laughs> bit into it. I think that Justin Cooper was trying to have some better, unless... Again, there's something else behind the scenes we don't know. But just purely off the what he's talking about there, I feel like he was trying to throw it back. Like, thanks for your support, Steve, like in a sarcastic way. But yeah, I, I, from there, I do like how the rest of the boys start running Steve down to the point where he just gives up on his rant after that because he's like, I'm not going to win.
6: Well, that tends to lead into uh, to this audio here. If Justin Cooper was at this level where he's winning one out of two motos on the weekends you could make the case that maybe he wins first moto maybe Shimoto beats him yeah he's one or two he's one or two right okay if he is that that guy all season long is christian craig even in this conversation no no he's not so if justin cooper is back to that level shouldn't he get spot
1: that's fine but it the selection's over the team's getting picked the team's getting picked this weekend i believe selection's not over
6: it's if you can tell me who it is, then who is it? I don't think. I don't know. I you just that, said it's over. Then it's not no, but, over. but,
1: but it's going to be announced at Buds Creek. So, right, it's so, it's over. Over. so no more results. There's no more races from now. The races have ended, and they're going to name the team, from what maybe. I understand, at Buds Creek. Maybe. So we're going off two maybe moto they, wins. Maybe they tell four guys. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. But or. I just. <laughs> the point is. is Christian or Justin would not be a bad pick either one and right. I said that numerous times I'm fine with either guy I prefer Christian you prefer Cooper cool whatever
3: Steve I'll go to you on this yeah there's actually a little part of that where where Jason Thomas says oh they might just tell four people the way he said that in his wording was I kind of feel like he knows something or there might be something that was said what did you think of that statement
5: yeah Oh yeah, it's interesting. I know they they was a little bit of talk of that on their um dealer wrap up as well about the four people. So yeah, I don't know. I I didn't really read anything into it, um, but yeah, um, the ideas come from somewhere though, hasn't it? Yeah. What uh,
3: what about sure. what about you, Trent?
4: Yeah, it, it, I mean, I think it's probably just a logical answer to it all at the moment too. Like, are you surprised? If Team USA comes out and go, oh, we're selecting four riders and seeing how the last bit put, plays out. Like, I think it's just JT saying it in a sense of, this is probably going to happen, guys, because they can't pick. Or they don't want to pick until the last minute. So let's pick four so that we can hold on to everybody leading into that point.
5: Yeah. It, like, yeah it's, I mean, it's a good idea. Yeah, I'd it's agree. A good idea if they do that.
3: Do do you – Steve's not – I feel like Steve's in the right for everything he says. Like, he's just giving his opinion on who he wants on that team, and I feel like he gets a lot of slack or a lot of, you know, hate against that. He's
4: in the right, isn't he, yeah? Trent? I mean, he does, but again, as the boy said, uh, was he maybe reading too much into that one? I I don't know. Yeah, I I just liked it, though, how they – all started ganging up on him, and he started backpedaling, and then he just started like <laughs> going quiet because he was over it, and he, he just was like, "I'm out. All right, I'm done with this now. You, you guys have screwed me." It's funny. You can tell when Steve is angry,
3: uh, not angry, but you can tell when he's losing or, or control of something, or someone else is doing something. He goes quiet. Yeah. He just tries to start changing the conversation, and his complete, uh, his complete tone uh, changes uh, in his uh, in his voice.
4: Yeah for sure. It's funny. That whole segment, like the rant segment in itself and you know that's you know vital Jamie's favorite part of the part of the the show. But yeah, I, I said I loved it. I loved uh every minute of the boys and especially midway through that little bit of audio you said there like Max Steffen's throwing in that and, and laughing at his own little joke. Like, that was the stuff I feel like we missed early on in the show was Max Steffen's little little jabs here and there. I kind of feel
3: like Max just likes sitting in the show. Yeah. Like, I'm, I think Max would be more than happy to just sit on the lounge in the studio, Steve, and just watch the show. You don't really hear much from him, but you just get some, some gentle, uh, some jabs and some funny moments from, uh, from Max.
5: Yeah, that's right. I think he was, you know, I think he's pretty pretty comfortable in the role that he played, you know. Just um he's got the best seat in the house, you know. Just um watching that. On that, um what you are saying about Steve too, uh, Kiefer did go over the um the different levels of when Steve's annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was pretty funny.
3: <laughs> Travis Preston. We'll go back to, to TP real quickly. Uh, one of the one of the things I have here on my notes, Trent, is from when it was described as a spaceship. Yeah. Now, what did we think of as as TP? And I kind of expected a little bit more about the motorcycle and some uh, some of the backstory. Were you were you happy with that?
4: Honestly, I feel like they tried to do two things with TP being on the phone at one time. There was the whole trying to shit on Kiefer (laughs) and then there was the part of talking about the new bike and they started getting muddled in between the two and then talking about the new bike became shitting on Kiefer about the new bike and it, it was good, but as you said, I think it lost a bit of... One or the other, you know, like we only got half of shitting on Kiefer and half of the new bike. Like it was, they were trying to do a lot with TP and it kind of started muddling together, which was still good. I, I enjoyed that part of the show. But if you were hoping to hear hard hitting facts about the new bike, you got some of them. But I feel like they left a little bit on the table because they were still trying to shoot on Kiefer the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I, I,
3: dude, I didn't really like him as a guest as he you know he's been on the past but I'm actually starting to warm to him and I, I think he's a, a great you know guest on the pulp show. One of the uh, one of the things I got for both of you real quickly as well is this claim thing. Whereas it's it's you know it's now moved over to pulp, Trent, and it's people are claiming uh, JT's cooler. There's jerseys getting claimed. This thing's going to turn into one of those lifelong jokes that you know in a year's time people are still going to be talking about on uh, on pulp. What's your thoughts on the the cooler claim for one?
4: I love it. it, it typical Chris Kiefer. Yeah, to think outside the box and to include. an existing running joke, which is the cooler thing with JT with this new claim gate stuff going on to then claim the cooler. And at the same time, giving good props to JT too, about the way he's looking and how fit he is right now. And also stuff. And he's hoping that there's some HGH in there and some testosterone (laughs) in there as well. Like it's just typical Chris keeper for me where he can take a few different scenarios, and mush them all together and make it funny and enjoyable for us to sit and listen to.
3: Absolutely, and then, you know, we get the caller. This one surprised me as well. We get the caller comes in, sort of goes around the table with compliments and, and stuff with all the other people, and then claims the jersey on the wall. What's uh, what's your thoughts with that, uh, Steve?
5: Yeah, that, that guy was, um, I was actually trying to figure out if he, he was so confident. I was trying to figure out if he was someone that they all knew you know like I thought he was a, like a like a, uh, a friend of everybody oh like, okay he, I can sort of see so what he was so confident the way he went around talking to everyone I actually rewinded it just to see if I'd missed. Oh, that this was such and such, such and such. You know that they knew, but it was. It was just a call of it. Uh, it was good. That guy was funny, and he might might be maybe getting himself a jersey out of all that. So
3: I would, I would imagine Trent. There's a there's probably a jersey coming. You know, Steve's pretty pretty good with giving stuff away.
4: Yeah, and and as you said, like it sounded like he was, uh, you know, a, a friend or a buddy, but. At the same time, it's nice to hear a call-in guest, Nick, that's organized, that knows what they want to get to, that kind of doesn't... You know, deer in the headlights moment. Like we have had some callers that we've we've wrapped up over the the past, but yeah, he was super confident. Went in, he knew exactly what he wanted, and I think Steve appreciated that. He appreciates when callers come in and they're organised. They know what they got to say. They get into their point. They get out and let the guys speak. And yeah, he's probably got an RC five hundred jersey coming his way.
3: Absolutely, it can be a it can be a, a dawning thing calling into the pulp show. You know, we hear some unsuccessful calls actually happen on the show sometimes. I. Feel I feel like the, the past couple of weeks have been uh, pretty decent with it. Steve, you've called into the Pulp Show before and it didn't go real well, did it?
5: Nah, nah. The first time I called in, um, poor old... Um, oh, we, we, He's not tits anymore, is he? I'll still call Producer him tits. Pete. <laughs> Pete. Pete. Pete couldn't understand my accent at all. He had no idea what I was saying. And... I was that. I was that sort of. Um, I was fired up. Today's the day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to ring Pulp, and I'm a confident person, but Pulp was daunting, you know, and and I don't. I can't explain that, but I know others have said the same thing, and I, so I ring up, and poor old Pete, he's like, "What? What?" and he can't understand it. I, <laughs> I might as well have been speaking Swahili, you know, <laughs> and, and I and I tried three times. And he finally got through, and he, he didn't, didn't even pick up that my name was Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I was nearly going to say, same as the host dude, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I came through, but then the call went, well, well I, f- I forget what I was talking about. But, I mean, each time I rang up, it's been something about re-raceables or vintage stuff or Jim Holly or something like that. But, um, yeah, actually, my first call was about rollerball. So yeah.
4: Oh you would have had Steve then for um, sure.
5: Roll- yeah, I had, a, I had a rollerball question. Rollable, so, what's, uh, yeah.
4: what's Trent, what's rollable? That's his favorite Canadian racer. Who they I also did. they also put uh Dylan Wright, who was one of the guests, up against whether Dylan Wright will ever take over rollerball as the number one Canadian rider. Yeah, that's and, right, yeah. And hey. he uh and he said no, rollerball Peterson is the best Canadian rider you've, ever. You've got a good you've got a good pulp vocabulary mate i am uh, all over
3: you are all over pulp and uh like you just alluded to then dylan wright dylan wright calls into the show he probably was i'm gonna say he's one of my favorite guests of the night i I feel like there was a bit of everything there you know there was some truth there was some facts behind it he had a laugh and he just another one of these guys that just mixes well with
4: steve what was your thoughts on on dylan as a guest Yeah, it was cool to understand. And I think it was eye-opening for most people to find out, you know, Obviously, I talked a little bit about his financial status as well, and and having two knees that kept sliding off his tip, <laughs> and, uh, just just the crazy stuff that he's gone through to get and to have a perfect season. Um, you're 100 percent right. I, again, it's it's one of those things. Steve builds the relationships with the writers to get that knowledge out of them, and I really did enjoy Dylan Wright as well. He's been on a couple times before, and he was he was good, but this time I felt like he really opened up. I feel like he's maturing as a as a obviously a person and a writer, and when getting some some funny stuff out of him on the pulp show and and it goes back to steve being a a great host and and building relationships. well like you said then building relationship and there's another thing that
3: steve likes to do and that is direct these guys where to go in life
1: Dylan, you got to get out of there. No offense, Diggs is gonna hate me saying this. Uh, maybe some Canadian guys, but like, get the knee fixed. Uh, get married. Like, you, you got anything you you, you want? I mean, look, you make good money. I get it. It's it's a comfy living. But yeah, you just why want... do you
7: always do that? What? Why do you always get on the Canadian guys about leaving to come here? What? Because they... he just went had a perfect season, dude. Right. But why can't he enjoy racing his dirt bike? Make good amount of money and be the guy well, he went for here, his whole career. And he went to MXGP last year. Obviously, he's got some ambitions. I just so. don't understand why people from Canada always like, you got to go to the States. No, they don't.
1: Just let them live in Canada and do their thing. Let them fly. Like, just relax. <laughs> All right, Dylan, never mind. They're just stay in Canada the rest of your life. Right. Then. Go get a job in the mines when you're done. No.
8: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, on your point though, Steve, I think, you know, uh, being Canadian, I'd love to go race somewhere else, but like to say we make you know, I make a pretty good living up here racing my dirt bike and having a job, and I don't think it's a secret to, um, you know, everybody listening that jobs aren't super easy to find in the U.S. some some of these days here, you know, with teams and stuff.
1: Um, yeah, they're not.
8: And, yeah, like I said, you know, we make decent money up here racing our dirt bikes, but um, I don't, I'm not a stranger to say that, like, I'm not afraid to go race, um, whether it's the GPs or AMA or um, – Man, anywhere i i just enjoy going to ride my dirt bike wherever i can and i really like going uh to the u.s or over to europe you know and get my ass kicked a little bit and it gives me a little bit more uh you know stuff in the off season to work on because um you know eat a little bit of humble pie when you go over there and race against um tomac sexton um you know geyser um hurlings um i just try you know soak it in and try and learn off those guys because uh clearly they're doing something better than i am
3: Trent, Steve can be absolutely ruthless. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he can, but I, I But ge- I
3: feel like it's helping him.
4: Yeah, but I, I guess it comes from a place of of uh, respect for these guys. Like he he wants them to make good money and not go and work in the mines. Like he said, you know, he when he just said, well, stuff it, go and work in the mines and and, and, and do whatever. Like I think he has a lot of respect for the Canadian writers that he wants them to earn what they're what they're worth. And Dylan Wright is a freak talent. He won every race this year in the Canadian National Series. And I think that's where Steve's saying, dude, like go and earn some good money so you can come back to Canada and continue to have a racing career. Like, that's why I think it's more of a place. It sounds ruthless, but if you really dig deep, I think it comes from a place of respect. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. What about you, Steve? What did you
3: think of of, uh, of Dylan Wright as a guest? And I don't know, I just sort of like the way he can counter everything Steve says and then, you know, gives it the facts on what he's got. What's your, what's your thoughts on uh, on Dylan Wright?
5: Yeah, he was a good guest. I, I, uh, I really like him. I think he's, uh, he's a pretty cool dude. And um yeah, I loved <laughs> I loved out of that how um how Kiefer um sort of fired back at Steve about how he um he always does that and, and that sort of thing. That was funny because they they both they both as bad as each other with um with the uh life advice and what uh or, you know all about what other people should do. Which is, you know, part of the fun, part of the show. But yeah, that that was uh that was pretty cool. But, yeah, Dylan definitely needs to get those um, get those knees sorted out before he does anything else.
4: Yeah, absolutely crazy, Nick, that his <laughs> knees – or knee, just one knee, but it's, uh, yeah, all year sliding off the – Yeah, one the, of them the is
5: he's famous, sliding off the tib, yeah.
3: yeah. that's That's not okay, but – it's just like we wouldn't know this if it wasn't for Paul.
4: Yeah, hundred percent.
3: Which is, uh, dude, it's it's one of the greatest uh, greatest things in the sport. I honestly believe. Hey, Darkside calls in. Bit of a weird call for Darkside who? this week. S- sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Vital Jamie, oh, are you familiar? I've uh, heard of him. Yes. Okay. Vital Jamie calls in. Bit of a bit of a strange call for uh, for for Vital Jamie this week. Sort of gets shuffled off a little bit. Uh, what was your thoughts on, on on Darkside's call this week, Steve?
5: Yeah, he got he got clipped. He got <laughs> clipped early. You know the, the great man. He just got he got uh, he got sent packing real early, didn't he? Like there wasn't he didn't get much of a go at all. So, well, you yeah, know, maybe maybe this is a sign. You know that he's you know on his way out. You know he's moved on. Um, you know who knows you know maybe it's this week it's getting clipped, you know, maybe next week he misses out I don't know
4: he got i think it was i think Nick it was because he wasn't actually doing the wrap up you reckon that's it? Well, you're not doing the wrap-up, bud. We don't, we don't need to talk to you. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think they were just so far behind. I think Steve's like, look, this would be cool, yeah. but we need to get to the next one. Well, yeah, is... I think
5: basically Darkseid was a victim of, uh, of Claimgate taking up a lot of the shark. I yeah. think that was just uh, – he... he just got clipped early to make up some time. Yeah, let's, so... uh, let's talk
3: Darkseid real quickly. Sorry, Vital Jamie. Next year, obviously, he isn't going to be doing the wrap-up show. Therefore, the argument was happening. I think it's happened a couple of times now whether dark shot dark side vital jamie should be able to call in trent do you think that vital jamie is going to miss miss calling in do you think it's going to you know it's going to be a soft spot there missing missing for steve
4: ah uh, yeah i think he still will i mean I, I, unless there's something in his vital contract where he can't even call into the show and, and ask an opinion of of steve but uh, if that is the case I feel for for Jamie because he he put a lot of work in and you know he is only where he is now because of, of Steve and, yep. and the journey that he's comes from being a caller on this show to to being a media guy in the sport so uh, I think it will hurt dark side a little bit and I think to, to Jamie like I I, I I sorry Steve and I hope that they can continue the relationship I hope Jamie can call into the show and he can still continue to do what he does as the fan that he is of pulp. Um, and we don't lose him altogether because uh it, it is always good to have have uh Darkseid come up.
3: Talking to Darkseid this morning, it was funny. He goes to me, he says, Oh, there's probably gonna I'm probably gonna have some issues, you know. I've got a I've gotta drive to California, so I won't be able to do that show and goes, I gotta drive back from California, I'm gonna do that show, I'll be at the MX of Nations. And all I replied back to him, I was like, It's beginning, Darkseid, it's <laughs> happening. Uh <laughs> So it's gonna be uh gonna be interesting now. Just a backstory as well, Steve. You were a bit of a you were a bit of a dark side fan, is that right? You sort of followed him, and that's sort of how you you know began helping him with what you know with the the notes and stuff for the wrap up.
2: Yeah,
5: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, like I um I just reached out to him and just about uh you know giving him a hand with some notes and that. Like I, I listened listened to the show uh, every week and and uh, wanted to be a bit involved. And, you know, like I said before, I'm a bit of a weird unit and Darkseid's a bit of a weird unit. So <laughs> I, I thought we'd get along all right. And, and um, you know, I've, I even actually used to have a pony many years ago. And, um, yeah, so I um, yeah started helping out, taking notes a couple of years ago now, I guess. Trent, a couple of times throughout
3: the show, we heard barbecue. Yeah, we heard we heard barbecues being mentioned. Then there was this little engagement between Marks and Steve about getting a proposal ready. Ready, where Marks went wait, tonight now, and then I only assume that he went and then put on some type of proposal for uh for something that came up here at the end. Which uh we'll listen to the audio and uh we'll break it down. But this was uh this was probably one of my favorite
1: parts of the show. So we put fly on the barbecue. Nice work. So that's a fly racing barbecue stand. How much? Five grand for a for a for a fifteen dollar <laughs> sticker. No, we'll we'll make it better than that. that that's a rough mock up. It needs to be engraved. We'll get it engraved. We can do the sizzling. Can't you get fly with the with the burner in the burner? Yeah. The 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 stamp. So you for five grand
6: can own a piece of history. Come over to Steve Mathis' house for the Fly Racing Barbecue. The only thing that's gonna be history is that five grand. So... And my job. <laughs> Fly Racing Barbecue Pool Party. What do you think? No! What? No!
1: Fuck your Photoshop. <laughs> Suck. You blew this proposal yeah i don't i don't care you blew my proposal hey, max said he'd give me whatever i wanted so i made it bad I on care. purpose that's a fly racing that's a nice barbecue stand. that's a 15 dollars sticker you made at walmart like no that's not well, the, a nice barbecue the real one will be better <laughs> no i'm looking, we're out i'm looking for four grand i'm looking for four oh, grand we're dropping. We're we're dropping. Dropping. for the barbecue fly down. racing barbecue island 40 bucks
7: <laughs>
3: trent I just love the fact that Steve can sort of have this relationship with his sponsors in studio. A question I've got for you straight up is I kind of feel like there was some type of truth behind this and what Steve wanted.
4: Honestly, it's, it, it, it's a continuation of the lights. And the cameras. Yep. He's now moved on from that. That was the last uh, financial yep. decision he needed to make. But he needed to pay for this new barbecue. And he thought this would be a great idea. I do like the point, though, Nick, in this whole conversation where they're like, so w- we're going to have people over here. Oh, no, I don't want anyone at my house. Yeah. I just want to have a You know, they can come for the experience. <laughs> they can see the ceiling. Yeah, well, that was the best bit.
3: Uh, it's. Do you reckon? You, okay, let's 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 imagine this. The three of us right now. What do we imagine this this barbecue looks like, Trent? Does it? Do you think this thing is the Taj Mahal of barbecues? I mean, if it matches the ceilings, <laughs> high ceilings, yeah, big Barbie. Yeah, see, it'd I didn't actually, flash. I didn't actually know he had a pool because we'd been out there, we'd looked out the back, but I must not have looked down. We we're up that high. Um, I think it was in the other wing.
4: Oh, the yeah. other courtyard. Yeah, we were in the wrong wing of the house. Yep. yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, okay. So when we all went and parked our cars, that must be that side.
4: I went to the toilet got lost for time. Well, minutes. I was going to say I thought you must have left. No, nah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: That's uh totally different. Um what was your thoughts on the on the barbecue uh part here, Steve? This was pretty funny.
5: Yeah, no, I I, I love it. I love I love that sort of shit and uh, like the um the the bit where he started blaming Marks for doing the crappy for the crappy Photoshop and the crappy proposal. That,
4: By the way, he whipped up in like was, five minutes. That was funny. Oh. That
5: was funny. And then but the the best bit of the lot was um, when they started talking to him about having fans over to to enjoy the fly barbecue, and he could take him uh, for a mountain bike ride, and then the barbecue, and then in the pool and all this and that. as we know, Steve doesn't. He's very fussy about who comes to his house, well, and, and who 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 he socialises with. So.
3: <laughs> you see, it's pretty funny that that shows up as a facade on the show that Steve is this guy doesn't talk to people, doesn't sign things, doesn't do photos. I'm going to go on the record for Steve right now. I uh, I went to America 5 years ago or something like that and like I went into the press box just wanting to get a photo with Steve. Since yeah. then Trent, you know, he invited us to Pulp. He's had us multiple times. there, always has time today to talk to us and you know let us on his show so it well he lets me even do the wrap up now. So I got to give it to Steve. It's like I feel like people give him more shit than uh than it deserves Trent.
4: Yeah, he's uh he's a <laughs> And we know this from Vital Jamie. He's a very good human being. He he comes across with a facade, but in real life, uh, he's a good guy, but yeah, I don't think he's having I don't think he's gonna have any fans over to his house. So he's a good guy, but I don't think he's having any fans over at his house anytime soon. Absolutely. Uh Steve,
3: one of the last questions I've got for you. Guest of the night, what was your favorite part of uh pulp five one five? What was it? hmm
5: <laughs> honestly my favorite part of the show uh also got it got to be a guest or just favorite part of the show?
3: favorite favorite part of the show
5: my favorite part of the show was right at the end where uh, keifer started telling a bit of um a bit of loretta's action um about you know um i I'll, I'll always love hearing about anh And hearing about A and H in the motorhome and that sort of thing, like I was just thinking, geez, I wish this started like an hour ago. You know, this this that that's the bit that we missed out a bit on this show.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. those Loretta. I would love
5: to hear. I want to hear everything that A and H got up to. um, Anything you know, all all the news on Aiden. um, You know, anything and everything. There's always so many. You know, funny stories um just yeah people stories you know different things backstories of of things that have happened at Loretta's that um that's always super interesting and super funny
4: yeah and that's what what I was going to say like the story of Heather yelling and crying at the same time (laughs) and that poor kid sitting in the motorhome not sure what the hell was going on And, (laughs) and again the the way Nick that Chris Kiefer tells his stories. He gets you in and you are a part. You feel like you're sitting in that motorhome with yeah, that yeah, poor kid. Yeah, you're sitting there. Yeah, yeah so he doesn't you feel really like do you,
5: are that, you, you, you feel like you are that kid. Yeah, and,
4: and as you said, Steve, unfortunately I feel like we did not get yeah too many of those stories.
3: One of the things I loved about it, and this was the same same thing at the end of the show, was some of the you know the stuff they talk about Loretta's in, you know, uh, like... How JT describes it, it's organized chaos. And there was one terminology which I love. He goes, "We were camping. What was it? We were we were camping, and a motocross race broke out. Was that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is one of the best analogies Dude. for Loretta Lynn's that uh, I thought was awesome.
4: Yeah, definitely. He yeah. he. The way the way that Chris describes things is what I what. Why he's one of my favorite guests. I've, when I've done this wrap up show with Darkside. You always ask who's your favorite guest. Yeah. And mine's always been Chris Kiefer. And we got to sit with him in studio when we were in there last. You lucked out. And we did. We we got the guy that is our favorite guest. And again, it's the way he tells the stories. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a big camp out party. And then a motocross uh, motocross race breaks out. Like it's the way he describes things really puts you in the, in the mood and, and feel like you'd be there part of the, the program. So your favorite guest of the night now, Steve?
5: <laughs> yeah. Um. I would it'd be Kiefer yeah call, call in would be Dylan um and uh but in studio it'd be Kiefer
4: yep absolutely what about you Trent? Uh,
5: Max Steffens
4: you're, you're Max Steffens guy I just love him just throwing in the funny little <laughs> jokes here and there not Interjecting himself too much, but at the same time, just at the perfect. His timing was impeccable. Once he got up, once he got fired up, though, it took him a few hours in the in the old uh, claim gate to get going. But once he did, it uh, was impeccable. And then uh, call in. Yeah, I think Dylan Wright for me was uh, was probably one of the the better ones. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Have you got anything else,
3: Steve? Uh, that sort of gives an idea, of guys, what happened in the Pulp Five One Five. Bit of a different show. I sort of felt what it was like anything else on uh, on your list there Steve
5: No, I reckon you've just about uh, covered the uh covered the whole
4: show there
3: that's that's good that's the aim of the game what about what about you Trent
4: yeah. yeah another great show uh never seems to disappoint again the front end of the show wasn't my favorite but towards the end it was good uh, an all-star lineup in studio as well um, always good to good to have and uh yeah I mean We wrapped it up. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Steve and and DarkSide for letting me come on again. Yeah, thank
3: you so much, D, for letting us do this here. Obviously, in Australia, it's a a bit of a change. And, you know, me and Trent both just pulp fans and sort of now that we're sort of in this area doing this is which really really awesome steve thank you for coming on late at night here to get this done and wrap up 515 and always remember guys head over to pulpmxshow.com always support the sponsors that support pulp mx there is plenty of sponsor to go on there the sponsor tabs discount codes so much don't go and buy from target when there's a pulp code to use as we found out on the show guest calls in uh so yeah guys that's going to be a wrap here on 515 and until uh till the next time that's a wrap
7: why would you want to re-talk about the pulp show
2: the city